The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Ah, that was absolutely perfect. In honor of Michael Muscardini <laughs> today, really the good. godfather of Sonoma. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers. I'm sitting across from my best friends, Brian Casey and Bart Hansen. Sam is, could, is this a day that we can come to the godfather, the godfather and ask yes, him anything yes. and he won't deny it? On the day of his... <laughs> On the uh, day of his the podcast? Day, the day after oh the Ferrari God. event. I know. It's Michael Muscardini, thank you for being a guest today oh, on it's great the to Winemakers. Be here, it's wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely great. I enjoyed your place yesterday afternoon so much. You had John Burdick and his band playing. You had a dozen Ferraris lined up. And I'm I'm an old race guy, man. It was wonderful. And then we walked down to our old hang Cafe Chiti and brought home dinner. Oh yeah! You, what did you get at Cafe Chidi? Pasta or salad or um, sandwich? Actually, we bring the chicken, chicken home so and yeah. you split the lasagna there, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, Lucas. That's where when we got married here, seventeen years ago, the night before, we had our party there, hmm. and so I mean, and then living in Kenwood. You know, right around the corner. I barely cooked at all. It was yeah. All from Cafe Chief. No, I was but there a couple of weeks ago and had the, had their pasta and a cream sauce. And, you know, I'm thinking my wife's gluten-free and I'm thinking I should probably get a salad. But uh, I couldn't turn down that pasta. It was so good. So I have a little secret if you go in there because it's not on the menu. It's Uh-oh. their pasta carbonara. Ooh. You have to ask them. And if they're feeling in a good mood, they'll make it for you, and it's outstanding. And so with the pieces of pancetta, and then they break the egg in yeah, it and yeah, mix it up. Yeah. Oh. We used it's to do that at a state. It's the, yeah. the pancetta when a state that makes was it, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I remember when they first opened up, we went in there, and it was the tuna fish egg salad sandwich on the focaccia bread. Wait it was a kind of Tuna malt. fish and egg? So it's together? a tuna fish. It's a tuna fish sandwich, but it's more. It's kind of like has an egg salad consistency too, because huh. it's got big pieces of um, hard boiled egg in it. Wow! On focaccia, yeah. fresh tomato, and lettuce. Yeah. Luca nice. taught me how to take an entire chicken breast, marinate it in, in Italian dressing, of course, <laughs> then rub it with fennel, salt, and pepper, and put it on the grill. That. It makes a hell of a turkey oh. sandwich, I'll tell you. Oh, sounds good. Hey Bart, will you pass me that Pinot Grigio? I wanna, right after I wanna get r- in on this. Right after he. Yeah, I was just going to gonna say. So Michael, so, um, kill that, kill that uh, white burgundy you got in that glass. We don't want to mix your uh, Italian and French. No. Uh, no. <laughs> so Michael um, has a tasting room here in uh, Kenwood. Kenwood, just up the road. And yesterday you had uh, what did you have? A, a group of Ferrari enthusiasts in? Yeah, you know we've been. Lucky to, uh, I mean, it's it's fun, you know, so what is it? Maybe it's a fantasy for me. It'd be fun to, uh, I've driven one once. Uh, would it be fun to own? Yeah, I think it'd be great to kind of do it for a year and then sell it if you could. But it was great to Rent see it. them all. They all drove up from um, the 
uh, Ferrari of San Francisco. There. So which is that's in, the club, right? Yeah. And it's in Marin there, and they kind of tool up, and it it was fun to see them. Uh, you know, I wasn't there when they were backing in because we were in uh, in that other valley. What's it? Um, Napa. Sorry, <laughs> rushing oh, yeah, back that that other one. And uh, <laughs> Kate and I were, and it was great to see them there. The fun thing about it was that we put a a three-foot red runner underneath the cars. It was red carpet. Yeah, because they don't like our parking lot. It's right. gravel. Oh, and I don't I said, want any so, dust. You know, it, it, it was a little dusty, but they had, it was great, they had three people there cleaning the cars. You saw that. Yeah, I did. Polishing and with mother's like white wax. White gloves on. And yeah, like, they were just, you know, Ferrari shirts and buffing and Those are the new members of the club. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were members of the club. I can pretty much guarantee they weren't. But, but you know, Natalie Odom, who's our uh, sales and marketing, um, she combined the Ferrari event. Uh, so they were all coming up. And what better to have uh, Catherine Venturini, another Italian, making lunch for everyone. Oh, yeah. And then nice. John Burdick and James Marshall Berry. Oh, yeah. And Jim, the drummer. He That was fantastic. It was a great, you know, a little on the hot side, but <laughs> hot <laughs> cars. Yeah, yeah it was right. a beautiful day. It was had by all and lots of fun. So, well, you have such an interesting background. I mean, first of all, your family background goes way, way back. It does. And, I mean, to the uh, 1890s. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, jump forward a little bit, you were in construction for a while. Right. I, I had two baby There's the godfather kids. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> there might, there might, might be a couple bodies in uh, some <laughs> yeah. cement foundations. Right. Right a here. lot yeah. of concrete. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of concrete. Exactly. I love the fact that your ancestors, when they, uh, you know, they were, they were digging tunnels. Oh, yes. Um, from... Uh, San Francisco to connect East Bay to Contra yeah, Costa, right. yeah. the Calcutta Tunnel, yeah, the and um, then he opened the Saint Helena Napa Valley Wine Company, mm-hmm. and from there it's. And what do you what do you know about that? What you, do you know the era and like? Yes. What uh, what exactly what it was? So back up just a little bit. That's uh, Emilio uh, Alcara. And that is my mother's uh, father. Uh, I grew up with him, so we all lived together, my sister, my father, my mother, with my grandparents in San Francisco in the Marina District, right? That was before all the women were wearing athletic wear and every guy looked like Galvin Newsom, yeah. right? <laughs> and, uh, and the interesting thing about that, the only store that's still there and operating is Luca Delicatessen. Yep. And I walk in there when I'm down, I stop in and they say, can you help me? Can I help you? And I say, you already have. It's just the smell. Right. It's oh, a yeah. deja vu. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to Genoa Deli in Napa. Yeah, tracks. exactly. Oh, God, I love that place. I know, full of Parmesan. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, he was born in 1892. And Kate and I were very lucky. Last year, we were on a boat cruise that we were um, the winemaker on from Paris to Normandy and back. And we went to Milan, hopped over to Asti, and he was born outside of Asti. So we got to see his birthplace. Mm. The family still owns the mm. property. Mm-hmm. And it's a little compound. It's in a town that's probably less than 900 people. Wow. But he came over here at the turn of the century. And as, as an aside, he 
uh, came here, sent for his wife, Veronica, my grandmother, but he uh, uh, was um, naturalized in 1927. So when he was still an Italian, my mother was born in 1924, which allowed me, make a short, a long story short, to get my uh, Italian citizenship, which right. took a long oh, time. The great thing about it, so I have it, and I got two passports, and I show the guy at the airport, and he goes, which one do you want to use? You know, <laughs> the great thing about it is that my children, who now are 38 and 41, I have four grandchildren, seven, no, sorry, eight, 10, 12, and 15. The 15-year-old's taller than I am. And they'll, uh, the my two kids and the four grandchildren will all get their Italian citizenship at one time. So it's they just, will, huh? they're just a, you know, it's just one more step for them to do. And I think it'd be great because maybe the kids, the grandkids will be able to travel to yeah. the EU and yeah. go to college or school. Or Hopefully there's still an EU. I, to, I was going to uh, say that, you know, but you know, <laughs> Italy and, and France seem to get along really well in yeah. Spain and, Etc. Yeah. As long as you get through the Bosque region, okay, you're you know doing right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> and why shouldn't they? And I love that area, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's my favorite area of the world. Oh yeah. Next to, of course, Sonoma Valley. Absolutely. <laughs> Sonoma okay. Valley. So I'm going to keep you on task because I want to hear. So the ne- I want <laughs> want to go back to the story. Yeah. So he um, he came here, and uh, um, and. Their question was... The question is, oh, I wanted to know what well, yeah. you knew about the wine company. Yeah, so there's a picture at our tasting room, and I'm, it's not on the website anymore. It's unfortunate. I should put it back there at the tasting room. And there's a black and white photograph of him in his wine shop at the St. Helena Napa Valley wine shop on Polk Street. So Polk. it was in the city. Yeah, it was in the city, Polk and Bush. The building is still there. It's a tall building, has apartments up above. He had a little slot in there. Uh, it was right after Prohibition. So this black and white shot of yeah. uh, Emilio, you know, with his tie on, an apron. He's got about No eight, smile. Yeah, no smile. Eight barrels, top and bottom, so 16 barrels. And Brian, if you walked in there and you said, hey, Emilio, give me some of that Dago Red, then he would... He would, you go. he would mix you up a gallon, right? Wow. You brought your gallon jug. And here, 1935, so right after Prohibition, for, ready? Nine cents a gallon. Oh, and he was making cents. profit. Just like today? <laughs> yeah, he was making profit. <laughs> this says, there's an ad in here on your website. Beer, wine, and liquors delivered. St. Mm-hmm. Helena and Napa Valley Wine Company. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, I mean, that that's, that's a great era, you know? I mean, yeah. it was... Um, yeah, it was, you could sell it and do whatever you wanted with it. And he was no very cared. happy to do it legally. Right, right, right. 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 Because, <laughs> oh, that's true, because that was the first time he'd ever done that. Right. Uh, <laughs> so he like was my buying... grandfather and his, and his still. Oh, <laughs> right. When was that? What year? Uh, you know what? He, this was later. I mean, he died. I was born in 65. He died in 63, so I never met him. Right. Um, so it would have been, the, you know, all through the 50s and the early 60s. That's my grandfather died in 1957. Yeah. I was yeah. seven years old. So we didn't do a lot of drinking together, but. Right. Yeah, it's great yeah. growing up in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, you're you know, there's not that many that are born and raised in San Francisco anymore, right. especially now, um, probably more so than ever. So it's it's cool. that's cool. And so, what high school did you go to? Uh, I didn't go to high school there. I went to um, St. Francis, um, uh, St. What was it called? Uh, 
oh God, I forgot. I'll think of it in a minute. It was a parochial school, two parochial schools. And then uh, my parents moved down the peninsula. Oh, okay. And I went to high school at Cappuccino High. Okay. Not, not Cappuccino the drink, Cappuccino the monks. Oh, oh was, wow. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, actually. <laughs> so, Well, then how did you get into construction? Well, you know, so jump forward after uh, high school, I went to college at California College of Arts and Crafts at the time, and that was in Oakland. And now it's called CCAC, so California College of Arts. And they have an Oakland campus and a San Francisco campus. Still very, very much involved with, uh, with the college. Um, I'm giving a talk re- uh, coming up here with the president, uh, Steve Beal and Steve Oliver, uh, acknowledging one of the uh, board members. I was on the board, f- I was, sorry, I was on the alumni council for many years. It was a great uh, college to go to. Well, that's where I met my former wife, Robin. And, of course, you young kids, you start having sex, and sex means children pop out. Right. So I had to earn a living, and you know, uh, the art that I had is still under my bed, our bed. <laughs> I'm glad it, you kept it. Yeah, it's, it's in the portfolio. It's moved from every house under every bed, and it's still sitting there. It's... Um, Printmaking. You uh, need to frame some of it. Wait, that, yeah. So Michael. this has not been seen by the public at all. Uh, no, not by you guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and we never will. Do you I pull think. it out and look at it. Yeah, I do. And and you know, it's a reminder. I, there's a, a couple pieces I need to look at. But you know, one of these days we'll get the pieces out there. They're they're nudes. They look like landscape, you know, scenes. Wait, um, and who, so who was your model for the uh, nudes? My wife at the time. Okay. Right. Painted from memory. Yeah. There you go. Robin. Because <laughs> art has always played a pretty uh, important role in your life. I mean, you, you're tied to art um, I mean, even it, to this day. Absolutely. You yeah. know, it's just I get to do it in the labels and... And, uh, and making the wine. And making yeah. the wine. That's it's the definitely idea. an artistic uh, venue. And then also, you know, all Kate's endeavors. Uh, well, you were on the board for the museum, yep. I know. That's yeah. where I met Kate, yes. Okay. And so... Which museum? Uh, Sonoma Valley Museum of Art. Which is what we're doing some readings for right now about right. the fire for right. an exhibition coming up in end of September. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great. It sounds like a great exhibition. It's really tough to read some of these... Um, the writings about the fire. Yes. I mean, it's very emotional. Uh, Sam did his um, last week here and it took two or three times. I yeah. just read mine this morning. It took me three times to get through it. Wow. You know? But there's a, you know, it's talking about a guy who's crying about this. Right. It's hard not to tear up when you're reading that. It's yeah. Tough. And it's really occurring again. You know, it's right now. Yeah. with the two grandchildren. Yeah. And right. Terrible. Right. So, All right, well, hey, happier note. Can we talk about this Pinot Grigio? I was going to say, can, yeah, can you talk a little <laughs> about the wine here? Yeah. So uh, when did you... Now, I knew that you were doing a vermouth because I love yes. your vermouth. Yeah. And I know you were using Pinot Grigio to make the vermouth, but we I did. didn't know that you were doing a Pinot Grigio as well. Well, Kate loves uh, Chardonnay. And she said, she asked, you know, would you ever consider doing a white? And I was like, well, I'm not going to do Chardonnay because there's too much good Chardonnay out there. Yeah. And so I said I would consider Pinot Grigio. So I've been working with uh, Keith Kundi for a long time. Uh, in, in the past, it was um, uh, a Love All Road. It was actually owned by John and Carol Sebastiani. 
Oh, wow. uh, before they sold that property. Right. And, and it was great because, you know, even though you have to drive through Sonoma to get there, it was in Napa. Right, it was right. in Napa, Appalachia. Yeah, and so when they sold, we jumped over to this vineyard here, which is in Russian River Valley. And if you look at it with your burgundy, it's right. just got a touch... It's got a touch oh, color, of yeah. color. To it. A little more color, yeah. Yeah, a little bit more color. It's not a rosé yet. No, but no. you know, a lot of people don't understand, and I didn't understand when I went to the uh, the Sebastiani Vineyard to the John and Carol's. I was talking to Keith on the phone. I said, "Where is it?" He goes, "It's right in front of you." <laughs> and right. it was a red skin. I right. didn't even and, know. And you're like, "I think you screwed this stuff up, Keith." <laughs> <laughs> just don't let it touch the skin. So the so the little bit go. of color just comes from a little bit of skin contact when you're pressing or do yeah, you actually let it, it. Okay. Just, Yeah, it's just from yeah. when it's pressing or right. if you destem it right. the slightest bit. So just a little bit yeah. of bleed it's from the skin. It's amazing how much con little contact will result in a lot of bleed. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So we took it off as soon as we could. Um, you know, I like it. It's light. It's uh, refreshing. It's fruity. It's got a lot of floral mm -hmm. notes on it. Uh, nice acidity. And then the great thing about it is, um, uh, you know, we get to sell through it because I think we made, I don't know, 300 cases. Your so. whole caseload isn't huge. You're, right. you're not Kenwood. No. You know, no, thank it, God. I know. Kenwood, which is 350,000, 500,000. At one time, weren't they eight hundred to a million? Uh, I don't know that they ever quite got that high. Okay, but, when I was there, but we started at one eighty, and by the time I left, it was two eighty to three hundred, and then I think it got up over five hundred. Okay. But then they couldn't sell it, and now I think they're about mm. where you're saying they are. And Pat has worked there since he was twelve. Yeah, I mean it's funny because Pat started um, about two years before I did. One as an intern, and the second one. Um, full time and then I and then I started in eighty six. And then when Pat left for a small amount of time and he went up to Washington State and was the winemaker at Hedges Winery. And 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 it was you know, one day I got a phone call from Pat telling me that he was gonna do this. And then like three years later I got a phone call from him saying that he was coming back, he was gonna be the winemaker of Valley of the Moon. Huh. And that's how they brought him back is when Kenwood bought Valley of the Moon. Anyway, I don't huh. I didn't mean to go down that no, story. That's all okay. It's, it's, it's you, you an interesting the, background. So really, I got the I got yeah. You got to work with Mike Lee. Yeah, uh, yep. I worked with Mike for um twelve years. Yep. And knew him for you know, until But is that Michael, is that where you do the production for your wines? No, I actually um Trying to keep our overhead down, uh, we work out of Deerfield Ranch. Oh, sure. So this year, it'll be 10 years out of De Deerfield Ranch. We've been, this will be our 13th harvest from Muscarini Cellars. And three years, the first three years was with, uh, at Wellington, which right. I, I Oh, love. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was great. I love that whole company. Yeah, now uh, Henry uh, Belmonte took over that uh, property. That. Uh -huh. Yeah. What an it looks interesting! Like he's getting ready to build a building or something there. Did you have yeah. you seen that? I saw that. VJB Thanks. bought Wellington, right? Yes, yeah. right. Okay. VJB. It's uh, Henry Belmonte um, uh, owns VJB, and they they bought Wellington. I actually worked there for about two weeks um, wow. when they first opened before I started the Fairmont <laughs> and the. Well, I, I, I knew the property because I, I was very familiar with the wines, and, and so I talked to Henry and said, you know, I'd, I'd like to work in the tasting room and maybe a little possibility of getting a little experience in the, in the uh, cellar. And mm -hmm. so I started, and then, uh, you know, about two weeks later, the Fairmont reached out to me and offered me a position. So I tried to do both. I was trying to work at the 
winery during the day and then work at the restaurant at night, but I just couldn't couldn't make it work. So I had to go. I had to follow. So them. you like their wines? I do. I, I just do. haven't had them. That's oh, all. they have some really old vine stuff. Some of their estate stuff uh, yeah, on property I, is amazing. I always wanted my formal formal employer to um, buy it when it was for sale because one, it's, it, right next it's, door. A, it's got a tasting room. Yeah, right. And right. just for the vines, right. I mean, there's a lot of misses out there, and right. you know, and they've replanted stuff. But but still, there's those couple blocks of well, you know them probably yeah. better than I do for making your wine there. Yeah, no, it's yeah. great. And yeah. John was wonderful, um, the father. Right. Um, and 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 so who was working there was um um who was the winemaker on the floor so to speak at that time was um, it um what's his name from Cundy? I'm trying to at think. where at Wellington? Yeah, I can't tell. What you year that were one. you there? Uh, uh, let's see, ten years ago. And so Kaz was already well out of there. Yeah, Kaz was out of there, and it was. Um, I'm, I can see him. Right. Short. David Noyes. David Noyes. Yeah. Very and good. David uh, Noyes worked at Ridge. Right. And then he was the first winemaker at Cundy right. when they reopened. Right. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw a video, Michael, of you. It was it was for some local uh, news um, broadcast, and it was you in a cave, and you were pouring some Sangiovese oh, yeah. for the person. Yes. No, that was at uh, Deerfield. Oh, was that was at Deerfield. Yeah, okay. that was Channel 4 had gotten in touch with us and said we wanted to do a little piece. And it was with Vicky Liviakis. Right, there you right. Go. And you had, you weren't even, um, you had someone else that was thieving out of the barrels for you. Uh, I think uh, it was, um, that was working for you at the time. Josie. Um, Josie very attractive Gay. Yeah. Uh, woman. Josie yeah. Gay. She yeah, was yeah. the executive director of HOSFA, which was Heart of Sonoma oh, yeah. Valley Association. Oh, wow. Which is That's the an other, old association. Right, wow. Which yeah. is now. Yeah. Right, right. Sonoma, yeah. Vint- Sonoma Vintners Association. Uh, well, it was different. It was it was um, Heart of the Valley, so it was really Kenwood and Glen Ellen. That's okay. right. And and right. really, they were one of the first groups to do the barrel tasting weekend. Yes, it was great. And it was hugely successful. I mean, people used to just walk out with cases and cases of right. wines. That's um, and <laughs> and I, it, seriously, Kenwood well, that's, that's and Benjamin both. Right? It was amazing. And um, yeah, those were great events. Yeah, I wanted to ask events. Michael. Um, about the land where the Pinot Grigio was grown and the rosé that we're about to Beautiful taste. bottle, yes. by the way. I love the shape of the bottle. Oh, this, we should talk about that. So this yeah, the Pinot Grigio, is nice. this is kind of an experiment. Is, is experiment. This is Italian, and we found this. I found this after the rosé that you're now pouring, Rosato de Sangiovese, and that's French. The nice thing about the the reason why I chose the French one was that, you know, it's... Mm, I'll say not as sexy as the Italian one. Not as feminine. No, it's not as feminine. Yeah. But it, it came in a magnum. And when Kate and I were at last in New York in November, went into a wine shop and they were just pushing magnums of rosé. And if you now see at Sonoma Market, John's down there, he's got this... Magnums of rosé? Magnums yeah. of rosé yeah. for like... $24. Glen Ellen Market, if anyone's listening out there, the Cotes de Roses, the Gerard Bertrand, um, it's a Syrah Grenache Sanso, and they, it was on sale for twenty two fifty for the Magnum, which meant w- with tax it was under 25 bucks. I, I can tell you that I picked up a few and shared some with friends and family. Yeah. But then the next time I went back, they had jacked the price up a little bit to, uh, it was like 27 or something. I st- so I still you bought a couple. You got to go uh, on Seniors Day. Yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah. Yesterday <laughs> we had a swim off. party, or there was a swim party. Dane's classmates and 
goes back to school on Wednesday, and there was a number of uh, magnums of that rosé. I know, you know, yeah. when you're having fun, why open two bottles? Just right. get one big bottle. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big just format guy. That's it. Completely yeah. just keeps amazing. Me. So well, I know, love Imperial. How can there possibly yeah. be more rosé? <laughs> I don't want to be crass, but you talk about pricing. So this claret bottle here, made in China, it's like 65 cents. This is the rose is like a dollar thirty two and this is a dollar thirty two. Yeah. And then the the Magnum, I mean, you have to buy a lot of them. So you know the French are buying a lot, I guess. So the Magnums are like four dollars and fifty cents. Well that's what I didn't understand with the when the when it was twenty two fifty for those Magnums. Normally when you purchase a Magnum, you're paying more than twice the price of a seven fifty because it's the glass that's the killer. Right. But but that Gerard Bertrand, I buy that at Costco for eleven, twelve bucks, and so I thought, how are they making any money selling a Magnum for twenty two fifty? But I didn't I didn't care that much about exactly. their their well being. I was no, more concerned. Well, you know what? Well-being. I mean, every <laughs> here's my thought about not so much necessarily Magnums, especially Magnums Rosé, because they're being consumed, but. Wineries I've worked at, a lot of them have done large amounts of large format bottles. Yeah. And inevitably, years after they've been bottled, they're still sitting on them. Right. You know, they just don't sell as well as what people think they're going to. Right. And they're also, the quality of the bottling is not as good as on a bottling line. Really? Um, yeah. Well, just because it's, done by, see, I, it's I, done by hand. I buy stuff. a lot of magnets. I, 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 I would I'm, much I'm, rather buy I, a I large understand. format. I understand. And I mean... I have one over there from Sancerre, one of the oh, hand-painted Magnum. Yeah. How can I turn that down? If, if, they're, if, they're, if they're bottled on a bottling line, it's one thing. Yeah. But I mean larger format, like three and six Imperial liter and stuff. And, and, yeah. and, and, and those things, they just, they just don't, um, they don't hold as well. I don't That's think, right. So. I mean, we will make a three or a six liter, but you have to uh, be a custom order. Right. And, hmm. you know, we always have shiners. No discounts over. on yeah, that. No huh? discounts. <laughs> not with the, not with the glass cost. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, we always have shiners left over. And so they'll go to Grosskopf and sit there for a while until we're ready to make some more uh, magnums. And you're, you're right. We do the magnums by hand. In this rosé, we ended up, uh, might have gotten a little carried away, about 900 plus Magnums. Wow. And we had to do it by hand. Wow. The, the, uh, 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 the bottling company could actually put the labels of foil on, but they couldn't fill and... And, and so these are both 2017, the Pinot Grigio yes. and, and uh, the right. Rosé. Right. Um, de San Giovese. San Giovese. The result of the San stuff. Giovese. The one thing I want to say, uh, Brian, you're absolutely right. So we were pricing this the rosé at $24 a bottle you know I mean the truth is not many people pay retail right they're either going to be club members or they're going to get a six pack or a 12 pack right or get something. a little discount and so when we were pricing the magnum I was saying oh it's going to be 54 and they my staff was saying why I go because the bottle was four dollars and 80 cents <laughs> right <laughs> I've been telling people bring me the bottle back yeah exactly we'll <laughs> refill that <laughs> It's and like it's going like a, back to your history. Yeah, exactly. Bring your the own, bottle in. We'll put right. some Dago we'll pink in there for you. Yeah, exactly. Your own growler. You know, your that's own it. Growling. Your own personal growler. So, so what is it like? Uh, is, is are these grown in the same area? Or are these different? Uh, uh, no, the uh, uh, the Rosato de San Giovese is actually in 
Um, it's just at the foothills of, uh, of the Sierra Nevada, so not far from Plasterville there. Oh, wow. And very small vineyard. And actually, the other winery that gets uh, Sangiovese from there is Luna uh, mm-hmm. in uh, Napa. And so Love their Sangiovese. Yeah, yep. no, they're, they're, it's, yep. it's fantastic. And this year, um, you know, I love this. It's very drinkable. You got you were drinking it yesterday, John. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, at twenty, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not enough, but plenty. Right. Um, I always try to shoot for a little bit lighter, and and th- this year coming up, uh, we're going to come back to Sonoma Valley. So just made arrangements with, and you know this. Um, so Gloria Ferrar, and you're heading towards uh, Vianza, mm-hmm. and you go up and over the hill, yep. and then there's a row uh, on the east side, uh, a row of uh, redwood trees, and apparently the owner is Sue Smith. I've not met her, but it's Redwood Vineyard Management, and they introduced me to the vineyard, and we're going to get uh, the Sangiovese from there this year. And what I like about it, it's got an Italian name, which I can't tell you because they didn't write it down for okay. me. San Gratino or something. It sounds like a grape. But. Right, right. What do you think will be the difference in the fruit? Uh, well. How it tastes. Uh, I think I'm going to try to harvest it just a little bit sooner. I mean, you make a rosé, don't you? I, I, I've made a lot of rosés. I don't have a rosé okay. for my brand, no. Well, there's but. two ways to make rosés. One is saignet, you know, right. f- we've, fancy we've French talked room. about. Yep. And uh, I always, the first time I made it, which was at Wellington, was total by accident because I was making a Sangiovese, nice big, bold Sangiovese, and I wanted to bleed off some of the juice to intensify there you the, go. Whole, huh? uh, the whole mix, right? Mm-hmm. And so... I bled off, I remember it was like two, I'll call it garbage cans, but you know, the 32-gallon garbage right. can. So barrel one. Yeah, barrel one. 25 brought, cases. Yeah, brought, them, brought it home as the juice, and the kids loved it because it was going through its fermentation process. It was bazooka bubblegum. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the fermentation process produces carbon dioxide. Yep. So it's all bubbly. It tasted so good. So you've got natural yeast in there and everything. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it didn't yeah. do anything to it. Didn't do anything. And uh, the first time we had a barrel tasting, which was, I think it was 2006, yes, at, uh, at Wellington, I just I brought the wine down, all the rosé, because what am I going to do with a barrel of it? You know, 300 bottles. And everyone loved it. So after that, we started making it. But always a Seigneur method until we did, it was Pink Out. Did you guys ever go to I Pink do, Out? I do, yeah, yeah. We went to Pink Out. Yeah, yeah. it was too bad that it fell apart in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, it was. That was a fun, fun event. I know. When it was at the high point at the Embarcadero at Butterfly Restaurant, there'd be like 40 producers of pink wine. From you all know, over the world. All really. over the world. Wow. Yeah. Still and sparkling. And you go there. I remember meeting meeting uh, Michael Mondavi there. Yep. It was. I mean, and you had you you were so tight. You had one foot of space, but <laughs> yeah, I one had just enough to and pour just from packed. one bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Just packed yeah. the whole time. Packed. Yeah. Supposedly there was really good appetizers and stuff. I never got you out ne- from the table. Never got yeah. up. There, <laughs> no, that's huh? right. <laughs> and but uh, there was a winemaker there from Azu. Azur, Azur, uh, Azur. Uh, 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 Fayard. What's his yes. name, Brian? You know him, Julian Fayard. Azura? I don't. Az- yeah. Azura, uh, Julian. 
And so he was talking, I was in, uh, enjoying his rosé and he was talking to me and he goes, I've changed my program. I'm now growing the, uh, the grapes to make rosé. Specifically for yeah. the rosé. So, yeah. you know, he was harvesting about 22, nothing more than 23 bricks. I think we'll bring it down maybe one notch. So we're going to go for 20, 20, 21. Yeah. And, um, and the past who's always done that. So Parch. this is down in the vineyards down in Carneros really. It's, it's so it's, Carnera. it's going to be very, uh, it's going to have plenty of acid most yeah, likely. It will. Yeah. It, it gets, Thank you very much for that. <laughs> yeah. Way. And I was going to ask, uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody wrote to me and, and we were talking about bricks, um, and harvest. Will you guys explain bricks? <laughs> and then you you both uh, bricks is pass a it off. B- b- bricks is a uh, measurement is, is a measurement done with with specific gravity and um, um, spectrometer and, and that you either hydrometer these. or a uh, hydrometer or a spectrometer you use the spectrometer um, before fermentation is started. Actually, if you go um, to muscardinicellars.com, there is a picture of Michael looking through. Uh, yeah, right. there yeah, is. yeah, there's and, a good picture of you, so you can see what that looks like. And yep. I still have my one, the spectrometer, but the, they now have digital ones. They right. Don't seem oh, as yeah. Fun. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're very, very this accurate. This is to right. determine. And this is to the determine pH level. No, the, the sugar level. Sugar level. And then okay. you know, from there, it's you know, you relative to what sort of alcohol you're going to end up with. And higher the ultimately sugar, has the higher the alcohol. Correct. Yes. And then and then how um and, and there was a time and certain winemakers they live and die by the numbers and some people say, Well, we know we have plenty of sugar right. and then they're more concerned with the pH and the acid. And the acids. Now and this is something that more people have been talking about. Absolutely. Well that, that's because this is how they're picking not the pH, not the um bricks. bricks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there there's been a, a number of trends in the wine business and one of them was call it um twenty years ago where um, pH just kept going up and up and up, and wines got very soft and broad and flabby, lu- lug- luxurious. Flabby. And then ultimately, then yeah. they got flabby and high yeah. alcohol. And yeah. the trend now is moving back to getting yeah. you know higher acid and um, things that are more lively. Right. And then the other thing is mouth. is yeah. is per- conceive or. Uh, Wines with higher acid tend to age better yes, that was um, say. than those uh, high pH wines. Mm-hmm. Well, they what just, I like they about just don't the, last. the, the wines you. with acid, when you drink a wine that's got acid and you feel on the sides of your mouth, you're, you're, you're actually salivating. Yes. It yeah. makes you want another glass of wine right. and it makes you want food. <laughs> and that's what I want when I'm drinking wine. I exactly. Want, I want to pair it with the food and I, and I want to uh, that's what I want, want, want another too, glass. Yeah. Right. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, the, I think uh, all the wines, you know, I'm making, Dane's making, it needs to be food friendly. Yeah. I mean, there are those wines that are not and yeah. they're the big cabs from that other valley. Yeah. And and it's fine. They're a meal in themselves. It's like they're their own food group. They, they, right. yeah. Yeah. Now, Brian, have you ever seen me drink as many white and pink wines as you have in the uh, last six months? Um, Just you know, say no. Pro- you know, no, probably not. I, definitely not when you would come into the Girl and the Fig. John has always been about red. But I like that, uh, yeah, you're right. Over the we last six months, them down you kind of been, well, because I no, think it's I've a... learned. I learned. I know, right. They were my Absolutely. taste. Yes. I, I, you know, I mean, I was 
raised on this crappy Chardonnay. Oh, yeah. oh it's oaky and buttery yeah. right. and all that right. bullshit. Yeah. I really didn't like it at all. Then I got Sauvignon Blanc. Right. Then I got turned on to the rosés and especially the Grenache Blancs, the Grenache rosés because it was Rhone style and yeah. everything just kind of worked out. And now these Pinot Grigios and Tissandre. Well, and for red wine drinkers, I think rosé is a, is a really seamless transition because in essence, a rosé is a cold red wine in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah. I think it's a great primer for your palate. Right. Before totally. Before you get the big reds yep. in there. Yep. For but, sure. uh, but see, I still like, you know, I mean, steak dinner, I'm pulling out a Dane Cellar's cab. Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. you know, we at our house, we typically have a bottle of red and a bottle wide open mm-hmm. all the time. And, um, you know, we usually start, always start with white. You're a winemaker. Eat some red <laughs> or drink some red later on. And, yeah. but there's a lot of times where I'm still drinking white wine and the steak has come off the barbecue or the ribs have come off the smoker and I'm drinking, you know, white wine with ribs and, you know what? Sometimes it's delightful. You know, oh, sometimes you, you, it just stands up to it, and if they're well made, it's just a different type of pairing. Yeah. But it's a nice one, and it's yeah. really. It, you guys have opened my eyes once again. Brian Casey has done his job. Wow. You know, I mean, well, and a lot of stand, uh, stand up tall, Brian. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of uh, rosés of Sangiovese that I normally see are a lot darker than this. Sometimes they'll make them where they almost get to where they're like looking close. Or something. Yeah, yeah. But this is nice. I like this. This is Thank a you. very nice summery uh, wine. I think that acidity in wine is important, especially if you're having a food and wine pairing like a charcuterie plate. Right. I mean, the fat content in salumis and salamis yeah. these days, yeah. uh, It's these are perfect to cut that. And Sangiovese right. as well. But. Right. Oh, my favorite, though, of what you make. Right. Honest to God. Yes. I mean... That's what I, you know, yes, it's a hot day. Yes, Joan orders the rosé. Yes, what do I order? Sangiovese. Yeah. And Michael, are you finding it harder to find Sangiovese and Barbera in Sonoma County? Haven't found the Barbera in Sonoma County. Uh, Lately, what we've been doing, well, not lately, for many years, is getting it from Bill Pauly, who's up there in Ukiah. And Mm -hmm. Bill Pauly was an ag commissioner. He's got probably... 1500 acres in production it's huge and i haven't talked to bill uh because the medicinal complex fire is inching its way towards ukiah but i think it's like 70 or so percent contained and so we'll see there could be some effect from the uh, fire brian and i were just actually up there last week okay and the vineyard we were at is right at talmadge right right Right. just east of 101 right and what we understand is that there's only been a couple days where there's really been any smoke at all Oh, good and it's all really going through it's all blowing east yeah well we know in 2008 But, but isn't Polly up in Redwood Valley? Yeah, he's in Redwood right. Valley. So, so that's farther north and yeah, farther a, east. Yeah, yeah it's a, a, yeah. A, about a mile out of town or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'll tell you, just a, a, a thing that we're working, I'm working on is I called Bill the other day before the fire was started. and So I want to get some Sangiovese, but I'm getting the Sangiovese to actually make grappa. So in the Ooh. past, we oh. always make... I, you know, I love grappa. Grappa, yeah. it's... <laughs> You know, I usually have it about 10 a.m. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. It just, oh, God. You know, takes the edge <laughs> no, off No, the no, no. It's just, it's just one. With an espresso or what? No, you, that's no. called cafe correcto. But yeah, usually, yeah. If, cafe correcto. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. doing that, you're, you've are you drank too much the night before. Right. So you and I right. would call it the uh, 
the hair of the dog. But I'm going to take the uh, Sangiovese and we're going to make it actually up at Polly's uh, ranch. He has a tank farm up there. So if he's not able to sell the fruit, then he makes it into bulk wine. So we're going to make it right there. And then we're going to bring it to a distillery, which I haven't been up there yet. And it's Jermaine Roman. Jermaine Roban. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Alamac. Yeah. Alambic. Alambic. And we're going to make the Sangiovese, the Grappa. Not from pumice, you know. It was always made. I always made it from pumice. It was like the leftover. The leftover the because Italians don't want anything to go to waste. And right. No, they got yeah. there's some more alcohol here. Yeah, right. Squeeze that it out. stuff is way too hard for for me. No, I mean, no, but I've, John, you just haven't had the right kind. <laughs> okay, you know, that's I, that's what everybody says. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when you at a state had the yeah. grappa cart, and it would yep. you know, wiggle over to the people, and right? You'd be able to choose. Oh, we had. Do you remember some, the grappa dinner? Yes, I do remember yeah. the grappa dinner. Grappa that and food fantastic. pairing. I think that's, six, that's what it was. Six grappa courses. By the way, people thought we were nuts. You're pouring this week, right? At uh, the Fig Cafe? No, it's a Wednesday. couple weeks. A couple away weeks still. away? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I um, need to rearrange yeah, the grappa, my calendar. Uh, my, my mom used to cook lunches at, uh, during harvest at Kenwood. And so we had Italian day one day and she went out and bought all these little bottles of grappa <laughs> and they were all different brands. And we had a little grappa tasting and every one of them was like, it was just, they were all harsh. They were oh, yeah. all just on fire. There was nothing like soft about any of but them. But some no. of it is the way, you know, a lot of times people, they kind of treat it like wine. They bury their nose in the glass, and then you're gonna right. you just singe the hairs in your nose. That's exactly. a very so good you, point. What you want to do is hold it just under your chin and get a nice little aroma of it. And then when you take a sip, it's not a shot. This is not taking <laughs> shots of vodka or tequila. No, that's right. This is you want to get a little bit in your mouth and let it sort of coat the inside of your mouth, and th- th- you sort of prepped your mouth for it. And then you go back and take little sips at a time. And with, with some charcuterie and oh, cheese and with perfect. some smoked fish, things yeah. like that. I mean, it's amazing. There is a restaurant that's out there. Is it called Farmhouse? It's, uh, yes. Farmhouse. Farmhouse. The, the owners were just in for dinner the other and, night. Yeah. Okay. And they had uh, a sommelier, a wine buyer, whose name was Avon. And I remember she, she, was, she said, oh, you make grappa. Now I happened to bring it. She pours it in a wine glass, and then she goes like this with her hand, you know, just to get the aroma. She right, never yeah. tasted it, right? But she bought it. Yeah. You said you were having a hard time getting Barbera grapes. Uh, well, this is the, well, uh, so. My thing is, you know, here in Sonoma County is a lot of the history and the heritage of the grapes here. You're talking about Italian Italian grapes varietals, Italian where and a, and a lot of field blends. When you go into the vineyards and you've got Zinfandel and Barbera and Sangiovese and Alicante and right. Um, but remember when Peter Mathis was on, was on the show and he was making a Barbera, he said, I just can't find Barbera anymore. It's such a, it's such a shame because it's such a beautiful grape and makes an incredible wine. Yeah. Very Where does seen- Joey Benziger get his? Because so he, they have, he does a um, nice they have Barbera. the Pine Mountain vineyard that they own. Um, and then they used to get some from Harry Merlot. Mm-hmm. And, and the, didn't you buy some grapes from yeah, Harry Merlot? Yeah, I used Merlot? to get uh, Harry Merlot, isn't it? But Harry was, was That's a, an image for you. <laughs> Harry, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Lago de Merlot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, beautiful piece of property. Incredible lake. And that's maybe the a, first Sangiovese yeah. I got was from Harry. Maybe a well, little bit Sarah's of a challenging family. Um, character. Right. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but uh, uh, I heard that um, the Kundis had some Barbera. 
Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I think it was there, and an imagery was doing it or something. I just remember making some phone calls, and they said, no, we don't have any. And it was Charlie Cigalettos, yeah. you know, the winemaker at yeah. Klein. Klein. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And Charlie turned me on to Bill Pauly, and we've had a great hmm. relationship. I mean, you talk so, about handshake deal, it's not. It's a phone call. You right. know, well, I had, Bill, had Charlie on uh, the radio him. show yeah, he's uh, a great guy. last Tuesday, yeah. you know, because of this big Zap event down at Klein on Sunday. Right. So I much rather would have been at your place. I'm, oh. sorry, I'm sorry, everybody, but that's okay. Well, they wanted me to be there, and I <laughs> no, didn't. No, I'd rather be at your spot. So, right. Bart, what did you just pour us? Yes. Um, I actually have no idea. It was part of a wine club shipment. Wait, for what wine club? Um, I think this was a Del Santino wine club. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because yeah, this is a uh, this is a village uh, wine. Uh, from, and and if, if I remember right, it's Grenache and Mouvedre. Mouvedre? But hmm. it's a 2009, and it tastes kind of tired. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, wasn't, I haven't even I, tried I, it. I wasn't going to say that. I, was, I don't know. Maybe actually, in an it hour was, it'll... It tasted pretty maybe damn good. Maybe open up a little bit. Yeah. It seems a little yeah. If you want to leave a bottle, that's when <laughs> you leave. So. <laughs> okay, so we got to go back to Michael. We do. And his, um, uh, his other wines here. So as far as red wines, you've always made Sangiovese. Always made Sangiovese. And always done a Sangiovese blend. Yes, and you know the first year uh, uh, of a commercial harvest was 2005. I remember talking to Squire Friedel. And I said, I'm going to, yeah, he's great. That guy, now wait a minute. The first McDonald's, Ronald McDonald. I was going to say, I just met this guy a few weeks ago. He was in for dinner at the restaurant too. And someone told me that he used Mm -hmm. to be Ronald McDonald. The very first one. If you look at his bottle Uh and his capsule is yellow and red stripes, that's because it matched his socks. Wow. Interesting. The very first one. (laughs) That's very cool. Wow. <laughs> Squire's a great guy. And See yeah. how you get into the <laughs> wine business, Brian? <laughs> right. His daughter, highly talented. Oh, yeah. Young lady. Highly yes. talented. And she and her uh, her husband are going to take over the winery. Excellent. And yeah. she's in Transcendence, the Broadway group. Oh, right? nice. She's so yeah. doing some things. Yeah, shout out you know, to uh, Transcendence. You've too. got yes. a, uh, a quote on your webpage does the world need another winery? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, the world needs to taste my wine. Right. So I do. I love your Sangiovese. It's beautiful stuff. That's, That's great. a great wine for me. Right. Now, I mean, it's certainly not a Rhone style. No, but no. Michael makes one of my favorite Syrahs, though. And I don't know oh, if yes. you're still sourcing Gracie's Vineyard. but uh, um, We are finally uh girl the fig has finally bought the last bottle okay and you know and you know then you sell there as well it's always great because you know if the staff are on your side they'll say well you know you can buy it here and then these people come up and they spend thousands of dollars yeah, it's yeah. really quite nice yeah yeah so we've shout out to it. the girl in the fig yes yeah. it's great we've uh switched to the unti Syrah. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I just talked to George, and he's grafting over a lot of his Syrah, so I have to think about this. Right. <laughs> and Zin. So I don't know. How did you get into doing uh, Zinfandel and Syrah? Well, uh, great. And question. Cab. And Cab. Well, so going back to 2005, uh, so I met with uh, Squire, and I was, 
he was just being this really nice guy. And I said, well, I'm thinking of making a Sangiovese, Syrah, and a Cab. And so the ultimate uh, product would be uh, 100% Syrah, 100% Sangiovese, and then my Tesoro blend, which has always been, for sake of conversation, 50% uh, Sangiovese, 25% Cab, 25% Syrah. It's never that, you know, but it's similar. Right. And so I said, well, and I have enough fruit to make 1,200 cases. He goes, I think you should produce four, 500 for your first year. I did 835, and I wish I had done the 1,200. <laughs> because I think it's fun to, you know, as 13 years now, uh, 13th Harvest, I still have some of those 05s. They're at my house, and I like tasting them, you know. Right. Yeah, uh, how they lasting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did you come up with the name Tesoro? Okay, so that, um, if my mother was here, bless her heart, she's passed away uh, three years ago at 90 years old. I called her up, you know, because the bottles are printed, right? Yeah. You, you don't get to do that a week before you, you know. Right. right. So I said, I need an Italian name for this Italian blend, you know, and thinking super Tuscan, but right. if you go to Italy and you all been there and you ask, you know, what the winemakers are doing for super Tuscan, it could be a hundred percent Merlot. It could be a hundred percent Cabernet. They just want to take it out of their, uh, the, the government's jurisdiction. Right. And so she came up with Tesoro and she loved taking credit for that. So when she would hang at the tasting room, go, she grandma. would sign, you know, I'd sign the bottle. She'd sign the other side. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I, I loved her so much. She would come, and she had, you know, her getup. She had black pants and a white shirt and red suspenders. Wow. And then at one point, she gave me the red suspenders. She says, I'm hanging my suspenders up. Because uh, she was a great supporter. But um, So Tesoro means treasure in Italian and, oh. and Spanish. Little did I know that there's like... Well, I don't know, 250 gas stations throughout the United States. <laughs> That's what I was curious Tesoro. about. Yeah, if you got a cease and desist. Okay. Uh, no, it didn't. We, okay, good. But I did hear from John Gurney, who was, I think he was the police chief. Police in chief, town. yeah. Yes, in town. And then Tesoro hired him to do security at the gas stations or something. He was going to have, uh, it was, I was, you know, two days late, but he was going to have all the uh, 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 administration, all the management at the Sonoma Mission Inn and, you know, for Tesoro, and it would have been great because I could have sold some wine. Perfect, right. <laughs> yeah, I remember when uh, Steve Law came at Girl in the Fig, we had the McLaren racing team um, yes, that came right. and they were out on the patio one night. And so I said, Steve, they're looking for a, a winemaker to come and do a wine tasting for. I said, this is a match made in heaven. Perfect. Yeah, and exactly. it's different spelling. It's a little but bit, I, little bit right, different. Right. But MC I said, I think you'll sell a ton of wine yeah, to these people. Yeah. <laughs> he could have traded yeah. some wine for a car. Well, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, lots of wine. Then. That's a lot. <laughs> lot oh, lots of wine. Too. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to open up one of those reds yes. there? Yes, and so the um, the uh, Pinot Grigio we just bottled uh, uh, two weeks ago, and these are just bottled, and I'm looking forward to tasting uh, my La Chamazel Zin with Danes. Right. Uh, different year, and I've got a Pauly Ranch Sangiovese. So nice. Sangiovese. Uh, um, how come I had such a tough time getting into Italian wines? Um yeah, I think uh, I really, John, it, it's, this, it's this thing. You know, it's, it's just, you know, you just have to, 
you you kind of by way of the girl and the fig and Brian and all of us, you've kind of just gone down the wrong thing. If you had the same sort of introduction and someone leading you in Italian wines, you probably did the same well, thing. Well, right. the, the problem I'm, with Italian I'm wines is there's so many varieties. Uh, that is I mean, a John. So that's a regions. rabbit hole that you, you, that is goes all the way to China. I okay. mean that thing. Yeah. Uh, well, you start oh with the Chianti, it, Italian right? varietals, and, and you, then you know you're in a restaurant and somebody says, "Do you think that sucks?" Okay, uh, how about a Super Tuscan? I did didn't right. even know what the hell I was drinking at that point. Right. You know, it's okay, what a, whatever. And well, Sangiovese, just remember this. It means uh, blood of Job or blood of yeah. Jupiter yeah. Uh, because of the color of the wine. So right. if you kind of make it something that you can kind of relate to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. I'll take that under right. consideration. So uh, next time I order a Super Tuscan of Sangiovese. Yeah, so this is Unti. Uh, sorry, this is uh, Poly. Poly so Ranch. this is Mendocino. <sighs> Redwood Valley. And, um, there you uh, go. You like 2015, that? <laughs> which has just been bottled. Yeah. Uh, so, you but know, this it's is actually, not a Chianti. No, it just, no. it doesn't even know it's in the bottle yet. I mean, Chianti is just, and correct me if I'm oh, that's uh, good, wrong Michael. here, sommelier. Um, Chianti just means... I mean, one of the primary varieties in Chianti is Sangiovese. It's not 100% Sangiovese. No, no that was the a... problem with it. It was from the Chianti uh, uh, area. Uh, and when I went over there in 87, I think it was the first year, the Chianti, uh, uh, grow, you know, the vineyards, um, wineries in Chianti were going through a whole transition it didn't come to making few, it better. Yeah, making okay. it better because as it kind of right, had dropped off. Yeah, right. the the by government decree they had to put like ten percent of this white grape that I don't even know. It sounds like Hungary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? and so what they started to do in 1992 is they would grow the white grape and the inspectors would see it, the government people, and they say, yeah, 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 we're gonna put this in here, and they just never would. They never Excellent. would, and their scores <laughs> just went right, right. Well, now Joan told, tells me stories about Hungarian uh, wineries in Tokai making absolute crap for the communists because they didn't care, <laughs> sure. and they were sending it by the they didn't care truck. I mean, the train load back to Moscow where they would drink it at Christmas, and that was the big deal. Right. You know, you know, uh, Michael's gonna be in Hungary uh, later on this are year. Are you? That's right. He's doing a cruise. Yeah, we're doing oh, a nice. cruise. Um, Kate uh, said, yes, let's go. She always, on her bucket list, was going to Prague. So we fly into Prague via you know, some Scandinavian com- countries. And then we are in Prague for three nights. Hey, there's still room on the boat. I think there's maybe 100 people coming. There's probably, boat takes about 120 you know, I never really wanted to do a cruise that is seven stories and 3,000 people. No, wow. don't need that. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, a boat cruise, and if you want to do it, river cruise, right. you want to do it, um, he's coming to town, hmm. Kiran, who Sounds sets these nice, up. Though. And it's great because. So where you know, are you going? Uh, we're going to Prague for three days, three nights, and then they bus you over to the Danube. And you go down, spend seven nights, eight days going down the Danube to Budapest. Wow. Now, this is interesting because if you wanted to drive from Prague to Budapest, it would take you three and a half hours. So, mm. you know, something like that. So It's a slow um, boat to uh, yeah, Budapest. Yeah, slow boat. And right. the thing that's nice, so we did it last year, Paris and Normandy and back, and there were about 50 of the 120 were our like peeps, if you want to call them, mm-hmm. wine club or friends. And... Um, uh, it's it's a great thing, and they buy a lot of wine. You, 
uh, at 10.30 in the morning, three times during the trip, you have a wine tasting. After your shot of grappa. Yeah, after the shot of grappa. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Hell Especially. Long. Right. <laughs> a little less conversation. Yeah. More hand waving. <laughs> well, you can't not talk with your hands if that's you're right. Italian, yeah, right? That's right. I mean, yeah. it's, you want to just tell you to stop talking, hold their right. hands. <laughs> right. Well, Michael, how is it you make such good wine? You, so, you know, the... I mean, your history is, it's not like you got in and started no. working at a bunch of big wineries. Right. You kind of, you just took Brian, an interest. I, th- I, he, I think it's Monsignor O'Hara. Yes. That really created the. Yeah. Well, I think my, it seems like you just wanted to make wine. You may, wanted to make home wine. You wanted to yeah. make wine for your house. Yeah. And like a lot of Italian families. And then uh, how did that sort of, sort of turn into making wine for us? Well, that's a good question. Um, so. Uh, Robin and I came up here in 1997. I've been looking for a property and then connected with a good friend of mine, past partner, and we bought 35 acres, five parcels. And so Robin and I got the top parcel. I was really interested. I was a builder at the time, we were, and I wanted to build a house uh, for me rather than, or for the family, rather than build it for everyone else. Hmm. So built the house. It was the first time I had a Monteterra. Monteterra had a double car where, garage. Where is this from? The <laughs> tasting room. Uh, so it's at Agua Chianti. It's at the west end of Agua Chianti here and Park Avenue. And you can still see uh, the Collinses, who's good friends. I've known them for thirty-five years, partners in other projects. Uh, still live on that property. So. Got seven and a half acres. This is 1997. You know, when you move here, you're just compelled to, well, you got to grow some grapes. Yeah. And so I kind Even if it's just like a garden. It's almost like gardening. Bart, should I yeah. buy this land down here, this house and this land? It's a I, acre not and a half. Grapes. I mean, it's, okay. it's subdividable. You no, no, no. I'm not going to say... put five no, units on I, there or oh, something I ridiculous. Yeah, right. so I want to grow grapes. Rent it out on VRBO and... Get it to put the five units and get the grape land other places. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't want right. to pay This is all going to be too hot for grapes anyway. Right. So... I'll make uh, grappa. Yeah, so got the property and started building, uh, didn't build the house until 2000. But in 1999, I thought, well, you know, what I'd do is we'd plant some grapes. So I went to Nova Vine. Sam came over. He said, what do you want to plant? I just, what came out of my mouth was Sangiovese. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't even a big wine maker, uh, drinker at that point. I'd been to Italy and stuff. and. We put in the grapes, and it was great. So Monsignor O'Hare, a nice hillside. Uh, what we did is, um, you know, my mother, very Catholic, devout Catholic. I said, well, I've got to have Monsignor O'Hare come over and bless the vines. Yep. So he came over, That's made a little so contribution here at St. Leo's. And he came over with his holy water. And everyone's standing up on the hill. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, it's a little cheap on the holy water. I didn't see it kind of get to the edges of the vineyard. <laughs> but planted Sangiovese. And the whole thing was, you know, you helped plant the vines, right? And then you came over uh, three years later and we started harvesting. Help drink the wine. Yeah. And yeah. we you harvested, made it. I sat down for a nice lunch and left with a bottle or two. I mean, that was the whole wow. idea. Right. So... I knew that planting the vineyard, we were going to need, uh, I was going to need some coaching. So I took a class at uh, UC Davis with actually my neighbor, Ty Caton. 
Oh, wow. And, and so this was such a long time ago. It was before PowerPoint. So we're at a wraparound theater, you know, about 120 people. And the first picture they show, first slide, is, yeah, is Polynesia. And you're looking at <laughs> white sand and palm trees and blue sky and blue water. And you're going, what, what, what's this? How's this? And they said, if you plant a vineyard, say goodbye to this. Because you'll be a... <laughs> You won't be able to take a vacation again. And, and, it was, and, and, oh and were they wrong? No, there was uh, absolute truth with that. That is hilarious. Yeah, if you're, wow. Yeah, so I was planting about an acre. <clears throat> Ty and family, uh, who I got to know very closely, was planting, I think, maybe under 40 or so. Were, were they hoping that half the people would just get up and leave yeah, at that point? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it was really fun. But it's very much that way if you're going to manage your own vineyard. Yeah, and so uh, I knew I could plant it, and I was gonna. Uh, it's gonna take some years, you know, because you got to take a mm -hmm. third leaf, fifth leaf, and so then I started taking classes at UC Davis and how to make wine. It was interesting to finally get down to their basement and see all these things that they had, mm -hmm. and I had an opportunity to make uh, work with two vintners. Uh, one was my uh, brother-in-law, and another who's passed away, bless his heart, and another one was. Uh, vintner here in town uh, called Tim Corn and learned how to make wine and sometimes how not to make wine. And right. We so, learn those things every year, though, don't we, Michael? That's right. It changes. Yes. I mean, you, you can't yeah. use a formula. So how many, how many times did you actually harvest grapes on that property and not sell it? Um, well, 2001 was the first... And then that's we were having so much fun that it's like that's when I contacted George Unti, mm -hmm. and so we're uh, even you know the commercial harvest was until 2005, but I was getting the uh, uh, George's fruit and the okay. Syrah. Uh, just because we we're all ready to go. Let's, yeah, you were excited. You yeah, wanted to make something some that you could put out there in the in the in the in the world. Right, and so. Yeah. Uh, we still have uh, Sangiovese that's called Monteterra because we were just, you know, a little bit south of uh, Monterosso. Right. And uh, Interesting. Those... And what a beautiful, beautiful property is Monterosso. Oh, God. Unbelievable. I mean, you get up there and you look at that hill from, oh, well, I guess I was over at Richard Arrowwood's Amapola Creek. Right. And that looks out on it looks, Monterosso. It looks it uh, looks up to uh, up to yeah. out yeah. on yeah. whatever you yeah. know it, yeah. it, but it's yeah. all i can tell you it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful up there stunning i mean monte rosso i think gala when they were buying louis martini See, that's what they wanted that was the I, gem i, I, I like Absolutely. these italian names wanted. you know whether it's uh, testa rosa redhead, redhead or you yeah. know yeah i mean come on and thank you again for having the Ferrari Club up to your place yesterday. It was, it was, it was absolute blast. We had so much fun. I know. That's, that's the that really is the essence of what you do. You know, you're creating something that is family. You're creating comes from family, creating something that involves a lot of people. And that's you great. know, whether it's their food and their fun and their but you should be a proud man. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great thing to say. Thank you very much, John. We were doing a team, we do a team appreciation party every year. Excellent. So we have a picture of a bottle, and we've got these two owners, myself and my sister, 
and we have these investors and we have the bank, right? The cork producer, the capsule, the glass, <laughs> the glass yeah. all the staff. <laughs> and you start to look at it and it really, it's, it's, it's not takes a village. Uh, yeah. Alice named it, it takes a valley. It takes all these people and you know mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. I mean, both of you, all you know that. It takes so many people to actually produce this bottle. Yeah. Yep. You know, so I'm... My name's on it, but there's a whole team behind yeah. it. Well, yeah. Michael, this is the time that I say. Uh -huh. you know, oh, no, hold on. <laughs> thank you so well, much. I want to know. So, we already have one more wine to try. We, have to, I wanna, we haven't even talked about that. the school. No, no, you no. guys have an um, extra 15 minutes. No, and I, I want to know, what was that first wine that you got a score on and you said, <laughs> you know what, maybe... Maybe I maybe I'm onto something here. Right. Maybe we can do something really good. Well, you know, it was uh, it was score schmores. Yeah. Well, but 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 that determines sometimes in the marketplace. You know, if you, if you think you can keep keep doing it. It was up in Geyserville. There was a group of gentlemen, mostly. Uh, there were definitely women involved, but uh, people people involved, uh, and both sexes and winemakers, and they. Um, uh, had a, uh, a competition for home winemakers. Mm -hmm. And so I went up there and competed the first time and won a number of awards. And they were all looking at me like, WTF, wh where'd you come from? Right, right. Where, where is Wednesday, Sonoma Thursday, Valley? Friday, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Why are you up here? Right. The Sonoma Valley inside Dry Creek Valley? Yeah. <laughs> so, Michael, this, what are you pouring us? Uh, this is the... Zinfandel, which we just bottled from La Chamazel, and 2017. Uh, and bar, yeah, Bart 20, is very familiar with yeah, this fruit. Yeah. 2015. Oh, yeah. 2015. Okay. 2015. Yeah. And Bart has uh, his 2014, and both of us love Peter Haywood, who's very committed to uh, grape growing here in the valley. And yeah, Peter stopped using Roundup. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, did you guys just see I mean, the I million mean, dollar lawsuit that, uh, lawsuit that judgment that yeah. came down? Well, and he quit yeah. using it a couple of years ago, everybody. So. Yeah. Well, no, it's, um, it's great. I mean, a Roundup-free Sonoma County is the way to start. Well, and, so, and I applaud him for doing it his way. He's doing it because he wants to get away from it. He's not, he's not getting certified. He's just doing it. Look, and, Musc um, and Muscardini's a big place. You know, no, we're not selling 800,000 cases here. Right. But, you know, your name is reputable and you Thank make you. wonderful wines. And, you know, the fact that you're doing it organically and more people are all the time. Yeah. I mean, Sam, I've been talking about this for years on the radio. Sure. Yeah. You know, Roundup yeah, Free Sonoma. It's just bad. Yeah. I'm from Iowa. Right. I mean, that's like everything is covered in Roundup in Iowa. Yeah. No wonder it's like you know. But it's a watershed moment. I mean, that it really case is. that happened. Yeah. There's so many cases piled yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now it, the the gates have opened. The gates are open. Yeah, <laughs> flood. So and, um, they should, and they should. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, um, Los Chamazal Vineyard. Uh, I've made grapes off it since. 2009 nice. i think you probably were before that um or right around there yeah, right seems. around there because i remember seeing you in the vineyard right. and right. thinking he's picking Grazie. maybe it's i should pick i know i know right. Right? We, were, we were comparing notes it's like should wait a minute now no. are, are you gonna pick yeah right and okay. the thing about peter is if you don't pick peter when he starts to pick he starts to pick so he kind of says i'm picking and i'm in your section and if you say no then you're not in your section anymore. Yeah, I love you go Peter. down the hill. I love Peter, oh, but that's the challenge with him. He's going, 
Well, I just think another day. Well, Bart doesn't want another day. <laughs> right. Why do you want right. another day? <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes when he sells a lot to one guy, then that guy, he rules it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, I, I, I've always have loved you, this vineyard and I love the wines that you've done from oh, this no, vineyard. Have you ever great. had a tough time getting grapes out of somebody before? What? You mean selling them to you? No. Uh, getting them out of the field. You, you oh, know, no, no. Usually you... the grower wants to pick before the winemaker wants to pick. And so there's very specific, you know, but dancing you that goes on. That calls yes. the shot. Yes. Correct. But, well, not, not you know, necessarily all the time. But, not but, necessarily all the yeah. time. Okay. And, so, and, yeah. and sometimes the grower will say, listen, you need to take it on Tuesday because I'm not coming back to this field for a week and then it's going to be too late. That's right. So so there, there's a lot of variables. But typically the contract is is that the grower and the winemaker, the winemaker has to give well, 48 hours you notice. Together yeah, and, and you know. give them 48 hours notice, and you know, which doesn't usually happen. It's usually the day before. Can you right. get my grapes and, and stuff? But you got to communicate. You have to have a relationship. Right. Um, well, I know, you and, know, I and there's a million stories of, you know, things that have happened and stuff. Um, but, uh, that'll be my book. Well, you know, and my, Michael, you <laughs> I, know, David Cook that I yes. do the radio show with. I mean, I, at one point he actually got up and said, I've got to go pick grapes. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, Boom. I did the rest of the show. So, yeah. oh, thank you so now are we going to do a back to back? Should I go well, get more glasses? Vintages. I mean, those are different vintages, but I think it's, uh, I think what you can tell is the, the distinction of this vineyard, which is it yes. makes beautiful fruit. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can go this, th- this vineyard is uh, La Chambazelle. So it's off of Garricky. Okay, Past so it's, you wood. know, and mm-hmm. and all the Zen I've been drinking is up, you know, mm. Dry Creek mm-hmm. area. You know, it's so damn hot up there, right? And it just seems to, oh, they grow a lot, right? That's it. But so, it, John, this this Segacio who's up there, yeah, that, that there was too. the who, old. You know, they just sold for bulk, me. Sonoma bulk Sonoma Valley makes the best Zinfandel I think in the, so, in the world. Moon Mountain is incredible. And John, look the length on this wine. I I took a sip 30 seconds ago and my mouth is still watering. I can still <laughs> taste the good. wine. I mean, this is this is what you want in a Zinfandel, not those the huge overly jammy types yeah. that kind of just overwhelms you with the fruit. I mean, this is this is a complex, delicious wine. God damn, that's good. Isn't that good? So <laughs> I need to ask you three. I mean, what do you think about Zinfandel in 2018? I mean, is it as hot as it is? I mean, Zap stills pushing their program. I was a member. I'm kind of drifting off. I mean, a lot of people have. It's okay. I think it's. I think of Zinfandel, and the way I always talk about it is, it's our little secret here in California. It is that that it's one of those. And French winemakers are starting mm-hmm. to kind of actually um, get get into it too because they don't have any there in France. So when they come to California, they like to drink Zin. But but it's one of those ones that doesn't not a lot of it makes it out of California. Right. Um and well Ravenswood did. Ravenswood did. That was where Yeah, but even that, that's just their, you know, Vintner's Reserve, which is or their old vine and which is just hold on, John. It's just it's it it exposes people to Zin, but it's only one side of Zin Oh, absolutely. And and that's just it about Zin, not to squash what you were saying. There's two different sides. There are a lot of mass production, mass um, uh, grown Zinfandels, but they got me into it. I know, John. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's two kind of two different things, and then 
I and think there are the, the Zinfandel, you get to the, the refined stuff. Zinfandels, the people that really take it seriously, they grow it seriously, they produce it seriously. Right. That's kind of a different style of Zin. Yeah. I think that's what we love here in Sonoma right. County and the North Coast. And as a consumer, I... I have a dream that it never gets popular because that way I, the prices stay um, somewhat low and the quality stays somewhat high. We don't but, want to sideways. But, with uh, but, but you, I know for you guys, that's not exactly what your dream is. Brian, you yeah. can order Zen from Dane Sellers directly. Sure. Correct. Yep. You can order from yes. Michael yep. Muscardini right. Sellers directly. Yeah. Right. We will um, hand deliver those orders. Well, it, did, it depends. Michael, Michael does deliver, actually. Michael, what I always say is that I'll help you drink the wine in your cellar right? so I can then fill it with my bottles. <laughs> you know, we that don't know exactly where you. all of our listeners are, but we did get one from Shanghai who came over and, you know, had been listening and yeah. went to uh, Sam's Tasting right. House at 1660. It's really interesting. There is a... Similarity in these two wines. Oh, let me get some of the yeah. Dane. Okay, and and I know Let's Michael. Actually, back you're back. sourcing out of uh, Casada as well, right? Yes. Ooh, uh, you know, what a nice. See, vineyard. Now you got John's attention. Now, now see here, that. This is Jeff Cohn territory. Yeah, because uh, they told me just in passing, and I haven't bottled any of those since we have two years in the barrel, and they said, "Oh, you know, J.C. Sellers, Jeff Cohn is getting some more of our Zin." I said, "I want some." Yeah. As soon as I heard that Jeff That is my favorite yeah. of his yeah. product. And yeah. it, in Spanish, it means the nest. So I think so, that's what Sam was saying. I don't know what it means. Um, um, so but it's kind of hidden yeah, behind like Pisa, the Pagani Ranch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just in a beautiful yeah. spot. It's it, in this bowl. Part uh, of the earth yeah. that just grows everything beautifully. Right. And Sam's father, uh, Phil, put it all on the map. And yeah, now it's it Ned Hill. Okay. Cheers. Yeah, we're uh, we're pouring the, uh, the Jeff Cohn's uh, Casadas in by the glass Cheers. at Sante right now, and it's oh, uh, nice. Michael, thank you, guys. and Bart. Oh, yeah. Cheers, guys. Bart, this is good. This thank is... you. They're 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 both beautiful ones. <sighs> but that goes to 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 show you that you know, uh, great wine is grown in the vineyard. So yeah, you know, totally. Peter, and you know, if you've ever. Mm. If you've ever gone to Peter's Vineyard, it's like I'll drive up there in my truck. I'm going, well, this is a little scary. You know, it's just this hillside. I mean, it's right. Rocky There's terraces hills. that are seven foot high terraces. Oh, my that God. You, wow. Um, cut yeah. in between. And there's solid rock. Right. Solid. Well, rock. you're not picking it, right? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> so but you, for you, you two winemakers. <laughs> well, no, I mean, what I'm saying is it's scary. Uh, well, just driving around the vineyard, quite oh, frankly, to, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. Not, they're, they're made for little track layers to drive around. Right. Not, but thank God you know, you're not the one that actually has to yeah. go out there and, yeah. and no, get it know, off the vines. Bordagione, he's younger than uh, Bart and I. I mean, he'll huh. park his truck at the bottom and walk up. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not walking. No, wait a minute. I walk up there. Oh, what are you talking I, about? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Dean says that I bet he brings his, uh, he, he's got a Harley or right. a uh, or a Chief, and I'm yeah. sure he's riding up to the top of that <laughs> hill. I, I've ridden my, <laughs> I ride my Trail 90 up there sometimes. Oh, okay. There you um, go. So, yeah. Michael and... Just an excuse. Uh, to be able to ride. I have a question for both of you winemakers. Now you have these two zins in front of you. Um, What do you taste differently in these two zins? Not brand, not anything else. What do you taste that's different? I think you probably just taste the difference in the the vintage for the most part. Um, You know, they kind of have similar um, textures and... um, 
uh, structures. Um, they both have a nice amount of acid, um, which 2014 for me was a good year for acid. There were uh, zins that I made from Peter's that there was no acid, probably because I waited too long to pick the grapes. Um, well, that's because he, he kept telling you that Michael hadn't picked his grapes right, yet. Exactly. <laughs> um, where Michael's also has nice acid, so I think there's some, some similarity there. Uh, you know, What's I'd have to go back to my notebooks. Yeah, I'd have to Two. go back to my notebooks to think about what was different between... We're 14, 15, right? 14, 14, 14, 15. Mine's 15. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, just one year apart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But There's some but year makes very a big similar, difference. Yeah. But, you know, they each have right. notes that are quite different. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and that's the thing, can, John. That, with this the, is the terroir that's showing that. And not, not just that, but, you know, when I used to work in the taste room and people would come in and say, I'd say, oh, you got to try this Zinfandel. And they'd say, oh, I don't like Zinfandel. Right. I'd say, well, <laughs> how can you make a statement like that? Because... You can go to one vineyard, like we're talking about now, Shamazal, right. no, and you can have 10 you. different winemakers make 10 different wines out of that same vineyard. And, and it's just be. stylistic differences mm -hmm. and little tiny decisions that they make that will come up with a completely different wine in the glass. Exactly. Do I you, think Michael, you, Michael probably uses a little, a little oak on his. Uh, new oak, yeah, twenty five percent. Yeah, and uh -huh. and there's a whoa, there's a very richness in the finish of that. Yeah. Um, mine, I don't use um, um, much new oak, and in fourteen, I don't. Yeah, maybe I had one barrel, um, which would have been less than twenty five percent, or maybe it was a year old barrel. Actually, when I think about it, and I think that's kind of one of the other big differences. In right. The two. How right. about yeast? Do you? I do. Um, all natural yeast, and I don't, um, I don't filter fine. Okay, so I like to use designer yeast, and mm -hmm. it's uh, from Rock Pile. Rock Pile, yeah. So it's a, uh, and then I guess the other question is, is you know, uh, let's see, your alcohol is fourteen nine. Hmm, imagine that, and my alcohol <laughs> is, uh, let's see, fourteen five. I mean, Fourteen nine, huh? Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> and aren't those always a little Zen. bit low? Crazy. I'm honestly. sure mine was actually 14.6. <laughs> aren't Zins um, aren't really about 17, honestly? Uh, poor, whoops, I'm not going to say that. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, now I'm going to... It's all about balance. I'm gonna, it really is. I'm going to circle matter back what the one is. more time and say, hey, everybody, thanks for listening because we've had this wonderful family man on, Michael Muscardini. I can't believe yeah. it went so fast. And, and, well, it does. And... Well, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about Kate because I think it's important what she's doing at the museum. I, can we just for, yes, for we a few can. minutes talk about what she's doing at the museum? Yes. Yeah, so you yeah. know, she was at the Sonoma Valley Museum of Art for six years, and then she finally said, "Time to move on." Mm -hmm. So she hasn't been there for a little bit more than two years, and currently she's being a, uh, a curator, and so she's curating. She just opened an exhibition at Marin Art and Garden. And it's with Francis Collins's sculptures. They're fantastic. And she's working for the Voigt family, and they do sculptures throughout Sonoma County. She's Good. also working for Have Luther Burbank. Have you seen Burnbank. all the sculptures in the park downtown? Yeah. The right, yeah, someone yes. posted on right. Instagram. That's through, yeah. uh, that's through Sonoma uh, Valley Museum. Nicely Art, done. Which okay. they wanted to change the name, and it didn't go. Hmm. To, but, to what? They want to lose they SVMA? To go, yeah, they wanted to go to Sonoma Museum of Art, not Sonoma, Sonoma Valley. Valley. Oh, that's huh. okay, whatever. And are you still on the board of uh, uh, Sonoma Vintners? No, I okay. was there six years, two years as president. And, and actually, uh, I take credit for hiring Maureen. 
<laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And so that was cutting him. Yeah, yep. cutting him. Wonderful yep. lady. We oh had my gosh, she's just you know she does a great job for best, all yeah. the vintners and growers in our valley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big transformation this year because this is the first year that we aren't hosting one of the hosts of the a wine country weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a big deal for us. Yeah. I mean, and it has now become centrally focused on a handful of wineries. Yeah. So right. interesting. Well, it's. You know, there's it's so, all raising money for very good causes. There is so and, much, and there's a whole bunch of money that those wineries are bringing in. There's so, so much yeah. money that we in thank this them for doing it. County, well, huge amount of money. Uh, there should be no lack of funding for schools. Right. There, I mean, look at look at Bob Cabral. You know, you know the guy from Three Sticks, Bob yes. Cabral. Uh, his, you know, he's kind of on the cult side with his own wines, Bob Cabral. Which I have finished my Chardonnay and I now got to re-up at a hundred bucks <laughs> a bottle. I got to re-up. There you go. Well, he, uh, he, don't he, tell my wife. He auctioned <laughs> uh, an Imperial for $75,000 and every penny went to the local schools. Oh, that's yeah. great. This is yeah. what we're talking about. You mm-hmm. know, I, you know, you, you read that they raised $365 million, but you never hear where it went right. um you know and we and and bob was oh, the, yeah the sonoma county auction has been very accountable where the money goes and it's, i it's i just haven't well read it i'm not i'm very, not saying they're unaccountable yeah, part yeah yeah no. i mean it's honest yeah no no, no i'm just I'm, I'm saying just because me. no i know that i just John, don't and I'm, know where it went that's all right. well it's yeah it's very well documented good so. well and, and michael uh Tell us a little bit about the history of your tasting house. If people want to come over to the tasting room, because yep. you got a cool how do, spot. How do they find the wine? So, you know, uh, uh, quickly, Ty called me, Ty Caton, local winemaker and grower here, called me up and, uh, you know, we had known each other because we were neighbors and said, you know, I'd like to open up a tasting room and would you like to share it with me? And it was like, what? I hadn't even thought about it. This is like, 2005 2006 we're having the conversation we actually opened it in 2007 and shared it and we went through a number of different buildings it was the the building that we were in up at kenwood uh market was was that already built yeah that was already built but that was the third place that we had uh hooked up and so uh, you were in with ty caton for a while in that uh, little five years wow and we didn't kill each other. That was and and guard on the yeah. end and et cetera. Yeah. That's yeah. good. And then now, now there's a number of wineries there at the mm-hmm. at the Kenwood Market Plaza, whatever it's called. And so we seven years ago got to move to uh, our current place, which is ninety three. Cool house. Yeah, and it's a schoolhouse. Yeah. I mean, oh really? Has an, right. Uh, it's got a cool history. It is. To it. It's nice. You know yeah. what's nice about it for us is that it's two stories, so it looks it look we look big. It looks but like a two house. thirds yeah. of the building is taken up by the landlord, uh, SL Sellers, and they're also right. they're also developers and they own property and that. And so what's great about it is they really pride themselves on the building. So they really put a lot of care in it. As of this morning, they're tearing off the roof. They're doing all this wow. stuff. So it's great that way. The fun thing about it, it was a, you can come in and see a black and white picture of when it was a single room schoolhouse and Abe Lincoln <laughs> was president. I mean, no shit. Pardon no me? shit. Wow. Wow. I mean, Unbelievable. And what a beautiful space you have out back. You've got yeah. picnic tables. If people want to 
what I would recommend is if you're tasting in the area and you're looking to to sit down Bring and have dog. a bottle of rosé and yeah. and get some. You guys sell cheese and and charcuterie. Yes, you got and you can stop there and then go sit in the back at a picnic table and just enjoy. And it's in Kenwood. Just kick back. It's yeah. out of, out, just just out of town. Right. Yeah. You know you don't have to go to Santa Rosa. You don't have to go north. You, right. you know, no, no, no. Stop at Kenwood for no, a no, while. Stay in go to Cafe Chidi. Get <laughs> the uh, damn egg right. tuna <laughs> salad on Takashi <laughs> <laughs> or the carbonara. Or the carbonara. Well, that's the thing. Now I, mean, I know chicken? the secret menu. I'm chicken. getting that carbonara next Absolutely. time I go. In there. Oh, their roast chicken is. Well, and if they if they give me any uh like if they give me the a weird face. No, I'm gonna say I know Michael Muscardini. He said I could get. Yeah, we'll do that. You just have to like push your nose sideways. <laughs> do, you, do you guys want to split up the chicken we have in the in the fridge right now? So, Michael Muscardini, thank you hey, so much you for being on the show. Hold on, two quick points I want to get. <sighs> this hey, always hey. happens, but this is I the know, routine. Like this is one, the routine. One thing I want to talk about is the vermouth because yeah. Michael came out with this vermouth, and when when I was at the Grill and the Fig, it. we made you this incredible cocktail called Magic Man. Thanks. And it was yeah, that we basically made a Manhattan to, with the uh, with the vermouth that he made from, and I. I don't know where you Martini. came up with the idea to make vermouth, but it, the, the botanicals that you put in there, yeah. the, uh, incredible. So really quickly, I yeah. was, you know, growing Don't up, feel pressured by John. Okay. Take right. your time. So I'll talk <laughs> It's slow. a podcast. Right. So we... Um, there's no There's no appetizers. Okay. <laughs> Grew, growing up in San Francisco in the Marina District, uh, I'd go to, you know, it's just like I'm five years, uh, five years old. And uh, I remember going to the dining room table uh, you know, from five to 10 there. And, uh, my mother and my grandmother would take a little shot, like a double shot glass. And they'd always have their sweet vermouth. You know, this is Cinzano Martini Rossi. Yeah. I mean the Cinzano Martini Rossi, you can get it at our local sh uh, store here, Sonoma market. It's like $14 for a seven fifty. Ours is a lot more than yeah. that because yeah. they're making it in 12,000, 15,000 gallons at a time. Right. And it was just in respect for my mother and my grandmother. They didn't give me that, but I was able to smell it. It just has that unbelievable botanical smell, yeah. you know, the caramel and all that. And so I wanted to make it for them. Uh, my mother didn't see it. You know, of course, my grandmother didn't see it. And so I started to uh, look into that. I think at the time... We were uh, making the uh, vermouth the first time we ca came up with it. The TTB, Trade and Tobacco, has to approve all our labels back in front uh, that Bart and I make. Uh, but they had to approve our formula mm -hmm. for, the, yeah. for the vermouth. And what they're looking for is they're looking for, you, they don't want you to use too much wormwood. Right. You know, which is the basis of absence. Absence. It right. makes you go oh crazy. Oh, my God. You could you could do something. Like cut your ear off. Psychedelic there, you know, with <laughs> right. absence. Right. Okay. And go did. And so uh, we decided, I decided not even to use wormwood because it was such a scant amount. It wouldn't really... Uh, be any good but not we, worth the yeah, trouble yeah yeah but as you said you know they start with white wine i decided to use the pinot grigio and then my son who's 41 now grew all the botanicals either at his home in berkeley at the, the time the, you guys listen to this so yeah. this is what's amazing is he's not buying the botanicals some of the botanicals that he's using are from his own house or his son's right. house yeah so uh, here yeah. in sonoma and you finally have to figure out, okay, we're harvesting all of it. I, I'm not sure if you can see it online, but 
you can always come to the winery and see the you know the uh we're putting it all together in this huge you know pumice must gunk in the <laughs> barrel i mean in the uh you know mixing it all around <clears throat> and then uh, red vermouth, unlike uh, dry vermouth, is sweet. So the way we get it sweet is by getting uh, grape concentrate. And if you've seen that, you know, it's like they take a thousand gallons of wine and they concentrate it down to about a hundred gallons. Reduce it down. Yeah. yeah. So when you take it's it. It's literally out, syrup. It's literally syrup. So yeah. blup, blup, yeah. blup comes yeah. out. Yeah. But now you're talking, you've taken the wine, Pinot Grigio, which is 13, 14% uh, alcohol. And and then you well actually by putting the concentrate in there now you're shooting it up by like sixty eight bricks so that's really dangerous category and to <laughs> to control that we put in aged brandy and uh, and that spiked it from dangerous drinking. Michael Muscardine yeah. <laughs> yes because you know you could go south and uh, right and it's great I appreciate so much how you put it on the map and and we still sell it to girl in the fig. Just oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. no, just a beautiful product. And, and, and if anyone out there is into brown liquors like I am, get a little, don't buy the vermouth at the store. There's people that actually make, and, and I've gotten a few from Napa lately of, of uh, wineries that are yes. starting to make their own vermouth. And yeah. when you're talking about small batches of handcrafted vermouth, the, the difference is night and day okay, in Brian, your glass at the end of the I've night. I've had grappa. Yeah. I have never had any vermouth. Vermouth. Okay, next time. Not not only can you use Michaels as a uh, as an ingredient in a cocktail, but you can actually just sip it. I yeah. love it. You can put it in the fridge and drink it with no ice, or you can just put, pour One it over cube. ice it's and a perfect. little uh, either an oh, orange zest or a lemon things, zest. Man. And man, <laughs> nothing it, like Brian. starting your right. your. Uh, okay, guys. Your night no, off. no. Keep the conversation. Bart, I have right. to go. Bart's <laughs> taking off. Okay, we're you know we're closing down. Bart, I I want you to say where you get danesellers.com danesellers.com uh, very much give Mike, us please review our wines My, try michael's uh, wines please yeah. review our show michael your website is oh, really you, really well done right. so congratulations thank on you that. easy well, to get through yeah. um and the name is muscardini sellers.com that's Are you it done, Brian? so you can go ahead and you can yeah, yeah, you can go. You, you yeah, can buy, buy it. Buy Michael Swine. Are you this kidding? This is the idea. Go visit him buy, uh, at the tasting house. Enjoy, and, uh, everybody. So, Brian, yeah, one or, final thought. Uh, final thought. I got people we got to reach out to. Um, Sebastian Donaso. Yes. Uh, Bart and I went to Mendocino the other day to check Bonterra. on Bart's Chen and Blanc grapes, and we stopped by Bonterra. And uh, Sebastian Donaso, the winemaker, was nice enough to come Bonterra down. Bonterra is great. And pour a glass of wine for us, and and give us a tour of the vineyards. And nice, man. That place is had a good, really, good time. really nice. And then and then went out oh, to lunch. Okay. Had a really nice lunch. Got a bottle of Germain Robon uh, brandy oh, at the nice. store up there <laughs> yeah. because their their uh, distilled products are amazing. They actually use rainwater. I don't know if you have oh, heard no, this. No. They catch rainwater and use that for distillation. Oh. So just high quality product. Seems a little simpler than fog. Uh, yeah, I, I, I still have a bottle of that vodka, by the way, uh, from Hangar One. Um, and then, and then, uh, shout out to Sam, 16600. Sam yeah, is yeah, in Sam's on business assignment. this week. Yeah. We'll be back. Um, you know, we're going to be recording the next couple of days some yeah. things, um, for a project for the um, Sonoma Valley Museum for of the Art. Sonoma Valley and, Museum. Uh, it's relating going on. to the fire. 
Um, nice. Next week, I know we've got uh, Steve San Giacomo. We're going to talk about, you know, everyone knows the San Giacomo yeah. name. Yeah. Um, they've been and growing then, grapes in this valley for, and then for decades, but we're actually get, they're starting sticks. to make their own yeah. wines, and we're going to sit down with Steve and, and, and perhaps his father. No, or? no, most okay. likely not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve, Steve and Michael um, will be there. And then we also um, got to find a date for Richard Arrowwood also. Oh, yeah. And oh, oh, oh. Man, so this man, so Bart, man, let man, me tell you. I so, and we talked about large formats, and you want to talk about Richard Arrowwood. So the other night, um, the psalm at uh, Sante Mark says, Hey, will you come over to my house after work? I got something I want to give you. I said, Yeah, sure. So I drive over to his house. He gives me a couple of thieves that he's got from the 88 barrel auction. Nice thieves? glass uh, thieves. And then he says, um, Which are? Uh, th- that's how you pull the. Uh, you can look at a video actually of Michael doing that. Um, out of the bunghole. Out, okay. out of the bunghole. Right, barrel right. sample. Right. Barrel samples, pulling stuff out. Thank you. Um, but he that's gave a, me a. Uh, he gave me a three liter of uh, Arrowwood ninety seven Syrah. Oh my god! Nice. He gave me a three liter of eighty three Sonoma Cotrera Chardonnay. Oh my god! And he gave me a three liter of Gloria Ferrer uh, Blanc de Blanc. Damn, um, son. Um, that we were you drinking. came off uh, real good on that. Yeah, we didn't do too bad. Um, and and Mark runs the uh, WineZuluTours.com, Z-O-O-L-O-O, Tours.com. If you want to take a tour here in Sonoma and, and go visit some uh, off-the-beaten-path or um, interesting wineries that, um, you know, that aren't the, the big names that you see in the supermarket, and Michael Muscardini is definitely one of those. Bart is one of those. Sam is one of those. Sam. We need to promote those smaller producers that. Uh, oh, you that's know, are, the are entire idea. Micro uh, <laughs> micro wineries <laughs> that are doing you know under three thousand cases. I, I, we haven't talked to Gino, Gina Gallo lately, or <laughs> JCB or anybody. You know, no, 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 no. no. We, we prefer talking to people that will sit in front of us. Michael, yes. by the way. Is one of those guys just like Bart that delivers the wine himself, and you get to <laughs> you get to run into Michael, and and you get to and the greatest thing about that is when you have winemakers that deliver their own wines, you get to kind of pick their brain a little bit. And but say, Bart, you need a Ferrari show, okay? Next, uh, you know what? <laughs> maybe it's a bike, then, maybe it's a bike show. I don't know. You know, there's nothing like having the going. winemaker come drop off the wine, and then you get to say, "Hey, how, what's the what's it looking like out there this year? How do you think this? I mean, it's a night and day difference from." ordering things from uh, Young's and Southern. Yeah, um, and here, and here. people in Sonoma appreciate it. And, and I know we're probably spoiled um, in that way, but um, it's a good life. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to The Winemakers. I'm John Myers. I'm sitting across from Michael Muscardini and Mr. Bart Hansen from Dane Cellars. Of course, Muscardini Cellars and uh, Brian Casey. Saw Drink more grappa, people. Drink more vermouth. Drink more grappa. From everybody at The Winemakers. Sante, everybody. Cheers, John. Cheers. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you.